needs. Merry Christmas and welcome to Chanel. We are so glad that you're with us today. If you're joining us online, Merry Christmas to you as well. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been going through Christmas movies, and I've been trying to tie them into Scripture. Uh, I'll take your reviews later on how well I've done that. But this morning, I'm going to end with one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. If I had to list them, A Christmas Story is probably atop the list. I really don't know why. Uh, my, my children love Home Alone, Home Alone 1 and 2. Um, Elf is a favorite, but for me, A Christmas Story is my favorite movie. As a kid, as soon as Santa Claus came, normally early, we experienced that this year. We, I've been up since 4.45. Uh, it's feeling great. Um, everyone's excited, but uh, as soon as Santa would come, we would go open our gifts, and my parents would be like, we're going back to bed, and I would normally stay up and watch A Christmas Story. Now, if you know about The Christmas Story, on TBS, they show it right after each other for 24 hours. You can get, your cup will runneth over with A Christmas Story. But it, it follows this kid named Ralphie, and, and I've really tried to reflect, is it because I look like Ralphie? Is that why I like the movie? I don't know. But I love the movie A Christmas Story, and it follows the kid named Ralphie who has one gift that he wants for Christmas. And just a little Christmas trivia this morning, what is that gift? It is a? Excellent. Uh, uh, Craig obviously got the right answer. We want to give Craig credit where Craig's due. Uh, congratulations, Craig, but that is absolutely correct, guys. It is a Red Rider BB gun. If you've seen the movie, you know what Ralphie does. The movie, one of the opening scenes is Ralphie, he has a magazine. He's looking at the ad for the Red Rider BB gun. And whose magazine does he put it in? His mom's. Yeah, he goes into his mother's bedroom. He puts that magazine in there. He makes sure it's just right so that she will open up her magazine and just see the ad for the Red Rider BB gun. Every chance the kid gets to open his mouth and share what gift he wants, he says it's the Red Rider BB gun. After that poor kid succumbs to sticking his tongue on the pole, they get assigned a theme, an essay paper, and for class. And Ralphie chooses to write on the one thing that he wants for Christmas, and that is a Red Rider BB gun. But there's probably no more iconic scene in the movie when Ralphie meets the person who he thinks will deliver that Red Rider BB gun, a mall Santa Claus. I think we've got that clip. Let's watch it just for a second. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football. Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh no! What was I doing? Wake up, stupid! Wake up! No, no, I want an official red under carbonation. Do you want to get rid of my leg rifle? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I've got one more clip, so we're doing this. But, but what, what draws us into that movie? 
What, what brings joy to us when we watch a Christmas story? I think at its core, the reason why we like movies like this, why we like a Christmas story, is because we connect with it. I don't think it's the characters. I, I love all the characters. Scud Fargus, all of them, they're wonderful. I love them all. I, I've, as a kid, I always wondered what curse word did Ralphie's dad say, and, and I was not going to figure that out at home. Uh, but I, I, maybe it's that. Maybe it's the mystery of the story, but I think what really draws us into this story is that shared feeling of, of wanting something, of hoping for something. We've all had those Christmas gifts that we just we wanted so bad. And we understand Ralphie's just need to tell everyone that he connects to, hey, I need this, I want this, I've got to have this. And if I were to connect this to the story that we've been in for the past few months, Mary and the Israelites feel this too. They too have been hoping for something for years, wishing and praying for something, wishing for deliverance, hoping for deliverance, something to complete them. And so Mary's story continues here in Luke chapter 2. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And we'll stay right there for a second to lay the foundation for what Luke is trying to do, but also that realization of, of what the Israelites have hoped for, have prayed for, is finally coming true. Luke doesn't include the references to David by mistake. Luke includes them intentionally and purposefully because we're, we're drawn to this king narrative of a Messiah coming. And so when we get this reference to, to Bethlehem, the town of David, the Israelites, Mary, everyone, their, their ears would have kind of spiked up a little bit and said, wait a second, okay, like I think we're on to something here. Because we've been hoping for this. Like we've been praying for this. And then you hear that this is, somebody from the line of David too. It's like all the pieces are coming together for what they've been hoping for and what they've been praying for. But the story takes a little bit of a turn. In verse 6, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and social media this week talk about where Jesus was born. This is likely a, an open trough type area. Um, it's it's an area where the animals would have come. Maybe people who were just storing their animals would have hung out there. But it was a very transient type location. Um, I don't know what your, your birth stories were or kind of what your parents have told you about. Your, like, normally you don't want a bunch of animals or strangers in the delivery room, right? So it's not an ideal situation for Mary. But it also showcases that they don't have a lot of resources. They don't have a room. They kind of just had to go where they could find a spot. And Jesus is, is wrapped in these swaddling clothes with, with cloth, wrapped around his arms and legs so he wouldn't move. But in each detail that we receive from the birth, the contrast between the birth's commonness and the child's greatness could not be greater. That's why Luke lays the foundation for the references to David. Because we think an earthly king is coming, one that should be glorified. There should be a parade at the entrance of this child. But what we see is complete, the complete opposite. Jesus is, is born in a manger with animals, with strangers, out in the open. This does not feel like a king's birth. 
But this is how God chooses to enter the world. This located in an unlikely place, surrounded by animals and strangers, hope enters the world for the first time. But the story doesn't stop with Mary. And that's what I love so much about the story of Jesus. Because the entrance isn't just for one person. The hope for Jesus isn't just for Mary and Joseph. It's for everyone in the world. Because the story quickly turns from Mary and Joseph in the birth scene to these shepherds who are out in the field in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I've spent a lot of time looking at kind of the terrifying kind of ideology of angels. Mary is terrified when she encounters an angel. The shepherds who are out in the field are also terrified when they encounter an angel. And so we have to ask, why is that? Like one, it's because they likely don't encounter angels that often. So it's a striking moment for them. For the shepherds, I think that the terrifying element comes from the message that they know they are going to receive. I think really they don't feel like they are worthy of it. See, this whole story of Jesus' entrance into the world is about welcoming people who are unwelcomed, noticing people who are overlooked. And here in this moment, the shepherds, someone that society would have said, hey, maybe you're not good enough. Or you, you work out in the fields. You're not a city person. You, you're not kind of with us. The next group of people that gets to be a part of this are people who are often outcast and looked down upon. And so when you see this language of they're terrified, I think it's because they're like, hey, we're not worthy for this. We do not deserve the message that you were about to give us. The text continues on the next slide. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. And it will stop right there because I want you to see how this is building up but then also how they respond. Let's go to the next slide. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom favor his, his favor rests. Verse 15, When the angels left, had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Do you see what happens when we include people? When people are included, they are also empowered. The shepherds don't sit around and say, oh guys, we got to figure this out. Angel just talked to us, let's sit around, we're going to have a powwow, we're going to look at the scriptures, see what this means. No, the first thing that they do when the angels leave is they also go. Because they know that something is happening. They know that hope is within grasp. And they can feel it. That is why they move so quickly. They don't sit around and wait. But as soon as the opportunity happens for them, they go. The next next thought, please stand. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. This is where I disagree with Luke. Luke. Luke could have had a lot of liberties here in this passage. He didn't give them to us. I don't know. Luke makes it sound like they found this baby so easily. I don't think that they did. I think that these shepherds probably went from door to door trying to figure out where baby Jesus was. Knocking on a door saying, hey, we've 
We got this message from these angels that there is the Messiah has been born here, that there is hope for Israel, that there is hope for us. But Luke just gives us one verse, and I think it would have been a longer story if Luke had said, so then they went from street to street asking every single person they encountered. Because I can feel the hunger in them, the need for this hope, the need to see the Messiah. And again, I'm, I'm knocking on Luke on Christmas, and I don't mean to, but he could have given us a few more verses is all I'm saying. But when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Do you see what happens? When they experience something, when they are included, they want to include others. It's captivating. When you experience this new hope, you can't contain it. And you see this with the shepherds. They can't. Even if they tried, they would still overflow and share with everyone that they encountered that the Messiah is here. We have a hope. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, and look at how they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love this story. I love how this scene ends, because it reminds us of what it looks like when we realize that hope. And as we've walked through this whole series of, of what it means to be home and what it looks like, we've looked at a couple of different emotions over the last few weeks. But the one that we end on this morning is hope. A hope of a deliverance, of, of promises kept, of God the Father knowing what we need. Now, this morning, it's Christmas, so I'm going to ask you to humor me. I'm going to show one more clip from A Christmas Story. And I'm going to tie it in with a closing thought. So let's watch that last clip. Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, did you get everything you wanted? Mm, almost. <laughs> almost, huh? Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's life. Well, there's always next Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Hey, that's funny. What's that over there behind the desk? Where? Oh, behind the desk against the wall over there. Why don't you go check it out? What have you put over there, honey? I have I have a Santa Claus probably right. never seen the movie. Spoiler, he does shoot his eye out. But I um, just kind of wanted to end on a happier note than that. But um, I, I wanted to end with that clip uh, for a few reasons. One of the, the larger themes that, that I've been trying to communicate in this series is of hope, but also of promises kept. We are a people who follow a creator that keeps his promises. And we can have hope in that. 
in, in that clip, I think what I love the most is that Ralphie tells everybody in the world he wants this gun. He's got to have this BB gun. He tells everyone he encounters. The person that provides is his father. It's a beautiful ending to a story that is chaotic and it's funny and it's silly, but it's, there's a, a deep message there that is, as followers of Christ that we can also take hold of. And so today, let us live in the same hope of Mary and the shepherds. Though the entrance of the Messiah does not look like they expected, God keeps his promises and provides the hope of a new life and a new way with the Messiah. And we, as followers of Christ, celebrate this new hope in how we live our lives and how we include others. Let's stand and sing together.